Hello, I'm Niall Easton, and this is Fully Involved, the Unified Fire Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about how we provide fire protection, emergency response to our canyons, Big and Little Cottonwood Canyon. It's funny because just in the last couple weeks, I had a couple um, family members or friends who were up skiing and saw one of our vehicles up there and were like, wait, you guys are up here? And they just had no idea why we would be up there. So very topical to discuss this and the unique challenges of, of working up there. Joining me today, we have, of course, Cam DeVogue's going to be producing the show. Hey, Cam. Hey, Niall. We've got Chief Peterson. Thanks for joining us, Chief. Thanks, Niall. And then Chief Dusty Dern and BC Anderton. How you doing? Good. Thank you. Good. And then, of course, on the phone, we have Jason Camp, a captain from one of our stations up there, 108. Hi. All right. So, guys, just I imagine in the last few years, I mean, it's really grown and the issues of, of and challenges of m- managing emergency response up there have only magnified. Is, is that accurate? Yeah, that that's accurate. We've seen a pretty decent increase over the last number of years in, in both the canyons, the, the Cottonwood Canyons, big and little. So w- walk us through a little bit of just what we currently have, the situation, how many, how many people station-wise apparatus and just... What are the challenges you're seeing on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so uh, I'll start and then Chief Ander can can jump in. But we've uh, each of those stations, we have uh, three-handed crews up there. So captain, paramedic, and an engineer. Uh, Both of those stations run what we call jump apparatus. So based on the incident type, they will take either their engine or ambulance, whatever they feel is most most applicable to that call type. and then they go manage the call. Um, it as it's become busier up there, we've we've started to to realize that you know we need to optimize our our time and service up there, our coverage, because of the call volume and the transports. It it, it it's difficult to leave that that uh, unit out on another call, right? Like down here in the valley, if if a Kearns unit goes out on a call and they're out on a call for a half hour, there's five, six, seven other units within five to 10 minutes to cover that. And that's just not the reality of the the canyons. How long would it take? Like if one was offline for whatever reason, how long does it take to get up there? Yeah. You know, from, uh, from station 116 on Wasatch, which typically backfills those areas up to the top of big cottonwood at Brighton could be, you know, good weather, 35 to 40 minutes in an engine and probably a you know, 25 to 30 minutes to top a little Cottonwood Canyon. So it's a, it's a long ways. So the, yeah, they've got to, they've got to be there. Yeah. Cause they're it for those folks. What kind of things are you seeing up there? Um, Chief Hannerton? I think during this past year, especially we've seen a huge increase of, of people up the canyons with COVID limiting a lot of other activities. People are going outdoors to spend their time recreating in the back country. And, and so, you know, I think that we've seen this trend certainly over the last few years, but especially this past year, the amount of people in the canyons, um, and, and the canyons pose so many unique challenges anyway, with finding addresses with, um, where, where these patients are located sometimes miles and miles into the back country and sometimes close. So we rely on relationships with search and rescue with the helicopters to locate these patients. And so having people with 
the increased knowledge of the backcountry, which we currently do with our with our canyon stations, they're just different in every way from our valley stations. Interesting. So, Captain Camp, probably time for you to chime in. Uh, how long have you been up there? I've been up at Station 108 for about two and a half years. Okay. So, are you here? I mean, you, you heard what they were saying. Are you seeing a lot of that? And what, what is it like for you guys up there? Is it a lot different from your time down in the valley? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I've been a captain for about 10 years now and uh, worked at one of our busier houses, uh, Station 117, for most of those 10 years. But yeah, coming up here, one of the things that I actually like about it is the uniqueness of the calls and uh, how it does challenge you mentally. There are a lot of different things that go on and a lot of different um, entities that we have to work with, like Chief Anderton was saying, um, search and rescue. We've got the Forest Service up here. We have to work with the resorts and the ski patrol and then as the helicopters as well. So there are a lot of unique challenges up here and a lot of different calls you don't you wouldn't respond on down in the valley that you have up here have you seen it um has it become more difficult in the last little while has covid presented unique challenges or made it easier you know that's uh i would say we have had about the same amount of search and rescue calls this year up this canyon as we've had in the past however this ski season's been kind of crazy up here um just in terms of parking and there's not enough room up these canyons for all the humans that want to come up here so they try to do the upd does a great job of uh shutting the canyon down when they need to and when there's obviously dangerous conditions for avalanches and whatnot but uh yeah i think there definitely is more people up these canyons than there than there has been pre-covid And Chief Peterson, what what is the overall department philosophy with working with the cities up there and, and making sure we deliver the service they're looking for? Well, El- Elta's been a part of the uh, board for a long time. They, even before we moved off of uh, Salt Lake County, they were a town that, that was represented. And when we became Unified Fire Authority, they've had a member on the board of directors um, since the inception. Uh, recently, uh, the town of Elta has moved away from being a uh, direct member that had a pretty subsidized rate to being a full UFSA member. So their their cost has 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 gone from about one hundred and fifty thousand a year to over five hundred and thirty thousand. Oh, wow. But instead of paying through their budget through their city and through those monies, they're now paying through their property tax. And gotcha. A lively discussion in that town, but part of it was the 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 growth. Part of it was the issues and the fact that. Uh, not being a part of the designated recreation area, you couldn't use any of the county recreation money to help offset their costs. Mayor Sondek did a lot of really great work in that town to help them realize the value of being a part of the full taxing authority. That community gets about 30% of the call volume that Station 113 covers in, in Little Cottonwood Canyon as a first due area. Uh, so, so there's some strong expectations from that council right now, and it was a split vote. There are some people that were really concerned about that much of an increase. Um, it, it is really important that we continue to do the service that Chief Dern and Anderton and Camp are describing for that particular canyon. It's, it's, um, they're expecting a lot. 
Yeah. How, so how do you make the decisions about how much how much resources to provide up there to make sure they're getting what they want? I mean, I'm sure we every city wants more than what we can give. Well, the part that the part that's unique for the both canyons is is really that uh, the the taxpayer money that comes out of both of those canyons together does not cover the cost of providing a three person crew. Uh, both of them produce some of that funding, but we run about $3 million short in what it costs to actually staff 24-7 two stations in both of those canyons. So the county has historically provided about a $3 million recreation fee. That gets layered into the UFA budget as a whole. And because of exactly what Chief Dern talked about, there's not just a station nearby that can cover the area in quarters. We have to actually move bodies up there. So it Basically, by layering it into the UFA budget, we quickly move resources up into that canyon the moment they're called. And today, I think the way that the system is working is the crew takes a medical call, for instance, and if they can wait, they'll wait for an ambulance that'll come up from the valley, which will keep that three-person crew in there. If it's a critical call and they can't wait, then an ambulance will go up into the canyon and kind of swap places with them as the transport's occurring. That's a that's a different cost than what occurs in Taylorsville. Right. That that's a it's a big commitment to go up into that space, and a, and a fire up in the canyon like we've had what was it two years ago we had the yeah, fire the Alta fire it, it brought a lot of resources up into that area that took a long time to get there and the weather conditions the change that's part of what that recreation fee covers. Brighton Town also re- incorporated last year, and basically. Uh, have new elected officials. They've been a part of the UFSA taxing area for a long time, uh, but but now they have these elected officials, and it's created some challenges about the whether the county should or should not fund the canyon fee in that area. So the town of Brighton and the county are talking a lot about that offset. What we might see going forward is we might see a bit of a split in that $3 million. Some come from the county, and some come from the town of Brighton to assess visitors, some sort of a different fee over and above the regular tax rate. Because again, in in Harriman, stations are all around that area. So a crew going out is not as big of an issue. But we have great relationships with both of the councils. We've talked a lot to those councils. Our, liaison, our liaisons work up there. I've worked close with close with both of those councils over the last several years. And the town of Brighton actually operates their city hall, you might say, out of space rented in the second floor mm. on 108. Um, it, it's a complicated system. It's got a lot of conversation right now about what a recreation fee is. The biggest issue is the transport transportation in that space. How do we get all the humans, as Captain Camp talked about, up to enjoy the canyon without destroying it? and still allow the movement up and down. Mm-hmm. The locals have seen that changed over the last 30 years to the point where it's difficult to move up and down. We have some of those same challenges. So for us, it's really critical to maintain our presence and do that job and and be in that space pretty consistently. And it's much more cumbersome to be up in that space than it is in almost any other area that we're servicing. And the calls are not simple calls. I think I'd be curious to hear maybe Captain Camp talk about a call that uh, a really basic call can run you several hours to three to four hours or more. 
that would only take 15 or 20 minutes on the valley floor. All right, Captain Camp, you heard the chief. You got to give us some stories. What, what kind of calls are you dealing with? So, yeah, I think the uh, the calls that the chief is referring to is just, and they're basic calls like he's he's saying, um, just off a trail up Big Cottonwood Canyon, we have a little waterfall called Donut Falls up at Big Cottonwood Canyon, and we have several calls a year there. Uh, people just slipping off the rocks and whatnot. And one of those calls, yeah, just to get our equipment up there, get to the patient and being able to get the patient down, that's anywhere from one to four hour job. So, and that's mm-hmm. just getting them down to where the ambulance is located or the helicopter. And then from there, we have to get down to the to the valley to take care of that patient. So yeah, the time the time on scene is definitely extended. And the time to get resources to the patient is extended as well. It sounds, I mean, just that it's, it's a unique challenge. I mean, we have cold weather everywhere, but you're dealing with cold and then snow volumes that it's hard to even fathom what that must be like as adding to your challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another um, item that we're noticing up here. There's a lot more people in the back country. Eight, even two years ago, it didn't seem like there was near the amount backcountry skiing as there are now. Um, if you come up Big Cottonwood Canyon, even at when we start coming up the canyon six o'clock in the morning, there's cars parked um, all over the side of the road in the Spruces parking lot just for backcountry skiers. So there definitely is a, a bigger population in the backcountry. So what are you guys seeing from your your chief level? Uh, when you hear calls up there, I mean, what kind of things are going through your minds? How do you allocate it? Cause you're really down in the Valley, but you've got to make sure your stations, your captains up there are getting support. They need talk a little bit about that. I think one of the things that, uh, that's caught me by guard is it's easy to underestimate the specialty of those, of those crews and those stations. Um, these guys work under, they go on, on less calls than maybe a, a valley station, but the calls that they're going on, they last a lot longer. They pose a lot more thinking and decision points traditionally. If you're going into the into the back country, how far do you go before you become a part of the problem? Are our guys equipped to go back there with their clothing, with their gear? Um the canyons all have one way in and one way out. We had the car into the into the creek a month or so ago, and we had to shut down traffic, leaving the resorts for four or five hours, where anywhere else, you get those people out of the canyons. Now, what other threats does that pose to the people up the canyons when they're not able to get out? Um, the environment, the cold conditions, people outside, uh, it's just a totally different dynamic when you talk about these stations, the threats that are posed and the specialty of just having the knowledge of who you're working with, who you're working for, um, who you're liaisoning with to get all of these pieces worked out. It, it's tremendous. Do you, I mean, if you could look into your, your ops crystal ball, how, how do you see dealing with the, it feels like it's only going to get worse until, you know, the, the players like the state and, and UDOT, et cetera, help start addressing the transportation issues. 
it, it's just going to be this this formula of conflict points and and risk and I mean it's giving me anxiety just talking about it. how do you guys see trying to address that going forward? Well, I think we just need to keep keep looking ahead, um, realizing what what our needs are in those areas. You know this this change we we've been running a very similar model in the in these canyons for years, right? And this change with our response sending a valley ambulance up's pretty new. It seems like it's working well so far. Um, but we just need to keep reevaluating what is the best way we can provide service with the personnel and the equipment we have. I mean, and we'll just keep reevaluating that and as we find better ways or as things change, we'll we'll adapt and and do the best we can. Now, just curious, Captain, does it change season to season or do you, does it stay pretty consistent with issues, just whether or not there's snow there, I guess? No, yeah, it absolutely changes. We're, we're definitely busier in the winter season up here. It's a big tourist destination for skiing as well as in the summer. I mean, it's a tourist destination then as well, but we definitely see a higher call volume in the winter. And then we have our off season, you know, April-ish and, uh, right before the snow hits but in the summer we're we're actually busier than you would think um, with search and rescue calls and different incidents like that yeah Niall, I, I would add that the the ability for our crews to respond changes obviously through the seasons as well like a lot of our crews up there in the in the summertime they'll they'll walk a mile or two on a trail to go access a patient right like that's a reasonable ask with a lot without a lot of specialty training right. required but in the winter with the snow obviously there's other equipment and training that comes along with being able to access those patients so in the winter we're more reliant on our partners like the ski patrollers the wbr Salt Lake county search and rescue to to assist with that and and help us access the patient or bring patients to to us um i will say that the the summers and captain camp can probably speak to this as well have become significantly busier. The winters have always been pretty busy with the resorts, but I I remember early in my career, I spent a summer up at one thirteen, and I remember one running like one call every couple months or something. That's just not the reality anymore. There's people hiking all the trails at donut falls, just all over the place in these canyons all summer long. And so it's the, the summertime activities have increased as well. Probably just going to keep increasing. As, as it feels like in a way COVID magnified it because we're looking for things to do that aren't, you know, that are outside. So I know from my experience years to golf was a big thing, but the hiking, skiing, um, everybody I know is doing those things right now. So what's interesting to me for our Canyon guys too is, um, you know, they have to, they're working with their cities now. Brighton is, as, as chief mentions brought on Alta has been part of it for a long time, but a lot of the, if you will, customers are just people from all over the world, which is unique to dealing with that in the canyons. We don't see a lot of that elsewhere. You know, we kind of get used to our areas and the people in our areas, but you guys, Captain Camp are dealing with people from all over the place. I imagine. Yes, that's true. That comes up a lot when we are trying to make a transport decision and just hospitals they aren't from the salt lake valley or utah at all and so they're they're unfamiliar with a lot of the hospitals in the areas around here so yeah it does complicate things a little bit as well 
Hmm. How is our partnership with, you mentioned like during summer, a lot of search and rescue, all the other people, players, law enforcement, how is that working up there in your? Yeah, I think, uh, are, are you asking me? This is Captain Yeah, Cap. let's start with you. Yeah. So yeah, I do think it is, I think it works really well. Um, I can't speak for all crews, but I know for my crew, we uh, have a good relationship with search and rescue, ski patrol, that just the people that live up here. I think that's a big part of what we do up these canyons is just get to know the, the actual residents and the people that work up here. And we've been working very well with them. And I think it just continues to improve um, the longer that we keep those relationships good. That sounds like it's really critical to try to get through the challenges that we're facing up there. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I have a a saying that it's simple to make things complicated. And I think uh, we do complicate things a lot. It sounds like there's some scary, crazy stuff that happens up here. But if we have the right people with search and rescue, with the Forest Service, with our own companies, such as the heavy rescue company that can get up here and take care of things, our jobs really, we can keep it pretty simple and take care of the job in a timely manner. Oh, wow. Well, Chief's final thoughts. Um, I'm glad uh, I'm glad we're able to look at things and make these changes as, as we see a, a need to, to better our service. I, I truly believe this is going to provide a better service up the canyons overall um, and help help fill some of those response gaps we were seeing. Um, and the crews have adjusted well, I think so far. And, and we've already seen it pay off in a, in a couple of areas, you know, last week, 108 came down on a transport and the other ambulance was going up and they happened to close the Canyon for avalanche hazard right after that. And the ski resorts were immediately calling. They were concerned because they know the ambulance just went down and they didn't have any paramedics up the Canyon. And I said, no, we got a, Mm. another ambulance is up there. They'll take care of you until we get the canyon back open, and that's that's a big deal for yeah. those those resorts and residents. So that makes sense, Chief Anderton. Yeah, I, w- <clears throat> I would just say I'm glad that there's people who who choose to want to work up in the yeah. canyons. Um, like I say, it's easy to disregard their call volume as uh, as being a lesser service that we provide, but when they're called to serve. They have they have a level of expertise that that not all of us have, and I'm glad that there's people who want to do that and are good at doing that. Takes a lot of pressure off of us as a, as command officers, knowing that those guys are proactive out in the communities, out out in their uh, areas, learning even how to get a, to an address is is challenging up there. Well. Captain Camp, speaking for one of those that enjoys recreating up there, really appreciate you and the crews and the effort you guys do to keep those keep us safe. And thanks. Oh for, yeah, absolutely. And thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chiefs. Thank you. Appreciate it. Until next time, this has been fully involved. I'm Niall Easton for Camp Devote. See you next time. From the Salt Lake Valley, this has been fully involved. Follow Unified Fire on social media and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Until next time, stay safe and thank you for listening.